Well, can you imagine where you'd be today if it wasn't for mom? I know when I make a statement like that or ask a question like that, it may in some raise some bad feelings because uh, home life back when you were a child may not have been the best. But for many people, when you hear that question, where would you be if it wasn't for mom, you, you can clearly answer that question. I probably wouldn't be here. My life wouldn't be the way it is. Mom has been such an encouragement, such a blessing to me. She's instilled everything that I know. And, and so, man, I wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for mom. And we all know that to be true, right? Uh, we wouldn't be here today, literally would not be here today if it was not for mom. She carried you into this life, and my mom used to say she could carry me out of this life, or at least take me out, and that was probably true to some extent. But moms do so much for us. I mean, they brought us into this world. They fed us and changed our diapers. They uh, cleaned our clothes and made sure that we were always looking good. They are always trying to fix our hair when we were little kids, and and make sure that we were presentable and, and doing all of those things. I mean, it's, it's a never-ending job with what our moms have done. They dr- began to drive us to all the practices in band and football, baseball, basketball, dance. And they, they listened to our bad days and held us when we were sad. Moms were there to pick us up when we fell down. They were there to bandage up those boo-boos when we got a little older in our teenage years. Those hurts began to run a little deeper, and so there were more emotional wounds. And so mom was probably there to hold you and encourage you and to listen to you. Mom proudly stood by as you married the love of your life. And then when you began to have kids of your own, mom glistened as she's now a grandma and she's not stopped spoiling those kids since that day. Amen? Amen. And uh, we parents love that. Now mom's house is a drop-off point for kiddos at times, at times. Here's what the grandma is saying though, but they get to go home, right? Like the best side if our grandparent is, hey, bring them for eight hours and then we want to see red lights, brake lights going down the driveway on their way back to your house, their house. Mom is awesome. Mom was always there to listen. She was always there to give advice when needed. And so where would we be today if it was not for our moms? And so I just want to thank all of our moms today for all that you do, all that you have done. You are selfless. You're giving. You're serving. You're helping. You are often tired, right? Moms are tired. We dads don't, we husbands don't appreciate that. We don't understand that like we probably should. But let me just say this morning, you are awesome as mothers. And our children are blessed because of you. And the dads of this room, we are blessed because of you as well. Now, obviously, as I indicated this earlier, when I just asked those who have never have children to stand, there are probably some ladies in our uh, church, I, I know there are, some stood earlier that uh, wanted children, but were never, never able to have children themselves. But they have been a mother figure in the life of others. And so let me just say thank you as well for your influence. I, I remember there was one senior adult lady in our church that we came from seven years ago in Alabama, and her and her husband had never a, were never able to have their own children, but she was like a grandma to my two girls, my two older girls, while we lived there those years in Alabama, those seven years there. She was like a great, even to this day, she stays in contact with our family, with our girls. And so I understand that influence coming from ladies who didn't have their own children, but were that mother figure in someone else's child's life. And so on this day, this Mother's Day, we honor moms. Now this holiday, the way we celebrate it in America is only about a hundred years old, but motherhood has been celebrated for thousands of years in cultures all around the world. 
For us as Christians, this celebration involves honoring motherhood, not through the lens of, of culture, but through the lens of biblical revelation. You see, the Bible tells us very clear that God loves moms. The Bible honors women by disclosing their inclusion in God's divine purposes from creation to the new creation. God says a lot about mothers and moms and women in his word. For instance, we read about Eve and Sarah and Jacobed and Ruth and Mary and many other women, all these beautiful examples how women are tethered to the divine purposes of God in this world and how all that unfolds. While motherhood is celebrated and honored in the Bible, and as we as Christians celebrate it in that way, today in our culture, there is growing confusion around this idea and this concept of motherhood. See, we live in a day in which more and more people believe motherhood should not be gender-specific. We, we got terms being developed like birthing persons and birthing people today that are coming into fruition and, and taking and getting notoriety. We have trans women who are being acknowledged and recognized as being biological women. There's a lot of blurring and confusion today. In addition to those blurring lines, moms face cultural and financial pressures to build careers and work outside the home exclusively. If that were not enough, moms are constantly bombarded with images and portrayals of what they should be and how they should act and what they should look like. All of that on social media and other places. They open their Facebook, their Instagram, their Pinterest feeds, and they're filled with posts and pictures of the ideal woman and the ideal mother. Her hair and makeup are flawless. They're fabulous. She's dressed in the latest fashion, cooks the best meals, and her kids are flawless. This mom looks like a model with four kids in tow. On this Mother's Day, I, I want to talk to you about a model mom, but that's not the model mom I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about the model mom that we see in Proverbs 31. She's a model of godliness and femininity. These are two traits that we need to recommit ourselves to in celebrating what the mother brings to the home and to the family. So if you got your copy of God's Word, if you would open with me to Proverbs 31, and let's begin reading in verse 10. The Bible says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. He will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, 
but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. It's a famous passage from the book of Proverbs. This proverbial message here that we read in this portion of the 31st chapter in Proverbs is written in, in a manner that's called a chiastic manner. It's moving down to a, a medium point, then it moves uh, symmetrically back to, the, to, a, to a similar statement on the other end. That's what this chiasm looks like and what it means. And here what it, it's doing is it's moving to a point where the husband is highly regarded at the gate being the center point of what this passage is declaring. Every other verse that we just read here praises the wife, honors the wife, magnifies the wife, but it's moving to the center where the husband is standing highly regarded in the city gates. The focus on the esteem of this husband commands that he commands there may seem like an intrusion. Why are you talking about women, but the, the male, the husband, is the focus? Actually, it establishes the central message of what it, it, we're supposed to catch from this passage. In other words, it's telling us that this woman is the kind of wife that a man needs to have in order to be successful in life. And so he's writing here, the, the author's writing here, just like the rest of the Proverbs, to a male audience. You see, the book of Proverbs was written first and foremost, and initially to address young men. It teaches the young man not to pursue the prostitute, but to find a good wife. You see, if you want a good life, you don't chase after those things, but you chase after the good things, and you find it in a good wife. And so we shouldn't be alarmed by this. We shouldn't be taken back by this. This is not gender bias. This is not some sort of ideological bias here. It's simply a matter of the audience. It directs the reader away from the prostitute toward that good wife, good wife. And it also is an affirmation of everything else we see in the Bible as it relates to gender. You see, the Bible clearly tells us that there is equality among the genders. That there is equality in value, equality in dignity, equality in worth, equality in importance among male and females. There's no superiority, there is no inferiority within the Word of God. How do we know that? The Bible tells us that he created man and woman, male and female, both in the image of God, he created them. And so the focus on the husband here does not mean this passage uh, should not be used to speak to women because of the focus on men. In fact, we see here very clearly much to learn as a model for godliness and femininity in the home. And so that's what I want to look at this morning. And so if we're going to talk about femininity, we need to, first of all, understand what it is. And we can't talk about femininity divorced from masculinity. What is masculinity? Well, if we were to go to the first couple chapters of the Bible, we begin to see real clearly and real quickly what masculinity is, what femininity is. The Bible tells us that when God created man and woman, he created the man first. God created Adam from the dust. He breathed life into him, and then he told him what he was to do. He was to steward creation. He was to be the protector and the provider there. That's what masculinity, in a nutshell, really is. It's being a provider, and it's being a protector. He was to steward and to be the regent for God in this creation. Then Eve, in Genesis chapter 2, was formed from Adam's side, taken from his rib. She was the helper fit 
specifically for him, perfectly matched for him. And what we see in that, in the creation of the man, Adam, and the woman, Eve, this complementarianism taking place. She complements everything he's lacking, and he meets everything she's lacking. She needs a provider, protector. He needs someone that's going to come along and help him be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. They both need one another. Eve is feminine. She's a nurturer. She's life-giving. That's what her very name means. That's what femininity is. And you can't have femininity divorced from masculinity and vice versa. So these two complement one another in their quest to exercise dominion over all of the earth and to fill it. So with that biblical understanding, on this Sunday, as we celebrate mothers, let's look at this model mom. And there's three things I want to talk about or say about this model mom. First of all, a woman who expresses biblical femininity uses strength selflessly and wisely. You see a beautiful picture here of feminine industry and ingenuity in verses 13 through 14. What is the Proverbs teaching us here? What's the author telling us about this woman? Well, we see very quickly that she creates a textile industry in her home or, or down the street. She has this business. She's burning the midnight oil so she can help provide for her family and for others who are in need. Then we look and we notice in verse 17 that real femininity actually involves strength. Look what it says, verse 17. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Now, that doesn't mean she's going down to the gym and pumping the iron. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what the author's talking about. He's saying that she is a strong woman. She understands her strength. She uses her strength for godly things and for good things in the home. This woman uses her strength to get solid work done and to care for the poor. While her hands are busy in the embodied physical world, we also see that she's blessing others with her spiritual counsel. In verse 26, she speaks wisdom and she's teaching kindness. You see, this woman's mouth is not shut. It's open. It's teaching. It's giving out wisdom. It's being a blessing to others. Her words point them to God, point them to truth, point them to good things. This approach to motherhood is what godly femininity looks like. You see, moms, God looks down approvingly as you get up in the middle of the night to feed and to change your baby. He smiles over you as you may have to push or pause on your career, take a little hiatus from the career in order to direct your attention and focus yourself on your kids and make sure that their education is taking place and their future is established. He welcomes your desire to utilize your strength and your creativity to help your family in whatever ways that may, be, that may be coming to fruition there. Let's not forget that this Proverbs 31 woman operated a business. And so when you hear me saying what I'm saying this morning, I'm not telling you that women should not or cannot work outside the home. This woman clearly either had a business in the home that was very profitable or she had a business outside the home, but it was equally as profitable. There's nothing wrong with that. But the balance has to be there that the children are important, the home is important, the husband is important, and that there is a balance, their understanding that in her femininity, operating as God has created her, that the priorities are in place that God has established. This woman honored the Lord, and so we want to honor wives and mothers who use their strength, use their wisdom to help nurture and bring life into their homes. This is biblical femininity, which brings us to a second point. 
A woman who is expressing biblical femininity works to bless her family and the community. As I mentioned earlier, femininity involves nurturing life. That's really the essence of what it means to be feminine. You're a life bringer. This is exactly what we see this woman doing so generously. She's feeding the poor. She's clothing her own children there in verses 20 through 28. Even though she can do many things, I want you to notice how devoted she is to being a helper to her husband and to her children. She has business endeavors outside the home, but not primarily for the sake of her own reputation or her own fulfillment. She's not a career woman in the sense that that's everything to her. She's a career woman in the sense that it brings better things to the home. It helps the marriage. It helps, helps the children. It helps their future and to establish them. That's the purpose there. And then on the other side of that, a little caveat to that is that it's something that helps to enrich others around them. She has more change in her pocket, more capital in the bank so that she can be a blessing to those who are a little bit less fortunate. Her work benefits both the family and the neighbors. As we look at this passage this morning, we're looking at it from the vantage point of mothers, but the principle here applies to all women. It applies to those who are single. It applies to the married woman who does not have children. It applies to the married woman who does have children. There are many examples of women just like that in the Bible. Let me just give you two examples of women who are heralded as women of faith and women who, who, who do these things, express this in their lives. Tabitha in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 36, says there of her, she was full of good works and acts of charity. We look at Romans chapter 16, verse 1, and we see a woman by the name of Phoebe. and It speaks of her being a servant of the church at Sincrea. Who, was a, who had been a patron of many, including uh, a great benefit, a great blessing to the Apostle Paul himself. Now, we don't know if these women were married, but we do know that the Bible says nothing about a husband, nothing about children, which I believe is a little telling by the fact that they're not named. They're simply noted for how they nourished and cultivated life in others. And so this morning, as we read this text, and we're looking at it from the vantage point of mothers, it applies to all women. We want to, women ought to serve wisely, use their wisdom and their strength and their giftedness to be a blessing, to bring life out of and into others. So from the perspective of motherhood, a woman who expresses biblical femininity works to bless her family and the community she lives in. She takes delight in feeding, clothing, nursing, teaching, and caring for her children. She doesn't do these things because they're easy. Any Husband, dare this morning, raise their hand and say, I think my wife's got the easiest job in the world. Please don't raise your hand. <laughs> Good night, that would be just, we'd have to pray over you for you to be able to walk out of here because you'd be so beaten down by the rest of the women in here. Now, man, we know that what you do is hard. We know that what you do is difficult. You don't do it because it's easy. You do it because you love your children. You do it because you love your family. You do it because you love what God has called you, equipped you to do as a mom, as a woman. We know their heart. I mean, you think about what women do, what mothers do. There's no end to what they do. It's exhausting work. There's no end to a child's appetite. Those little dudes are, are like bottomless pits. I don't know where children put all of their food. And it doesn't get any better. You think that when they're three-year-olds and they're always hungry, you think, well, surely when they get 10, they're not going to be hungry anymore. No, that's not the way it is. You think, surely they become a teenager. They won't be as hungry anymore. No, it's even worse. 
I got a 13-year-old teenager, I got a 10-year-old, and I got a 6-year-old, and they're hungry all the time. And food prices are skyrocketing like nobody's business. Anybody want to donate to the James Taylor, Kara Taylor Fund for children today? It's a hungry fund. It needs some help. And I know yours does too. Moms are constantly washing and mending and buying clothes. I mean, every time you turn around, you're, you're doing something in the area of clothing. Kids are always getting hurt. Band-Aids are on high demand, right? You always got to bandage up those boo-boos. You always got to take care of the, of the cuts and the bruises. When they get older, there's those emotional things that become deeper. And so what, what does the mom do? She's there with her arms wide open. She's there to listen. She's there to hold. She's there to impart her wisdom. A mom does these things because she loves her children, not because what she does is easy or simple. Many times. It's difficult, it's painful, and we could go around the room this morning, many moms and parents in general could tell stories of of tragedy and heartache and loss and suffering and and sleepless nights, all because of your children, but you wouldn't change anything more likely, because you were there and you grew through that, and God used it to, to, to just do something special in your life and your situation. Moms are special people. A woman who expresses biblical femininity works to bless her family and bless the community. There's a third thing that I want to point out here. This type of woman, thirdly, fears the Lord. Look there in verse 29. It says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praises her, verse 28. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. In a day in which external beauty is oftentimes the only thing that's noticed, the Holy Spirit here is pointing us to a beauty that is found in in the heart, in a heart that reverences and fears God, adores who He is. According to verse 30 here, this woman knows that God is her judge and that God is the one whom she must love. She must serve above all else. The fear of God is the motivation that fuels everything else in our lives. And so when we look at this thing from the perspective of motherhood, what motivates a mom to express her femininity in the home and with her children? It's because she fears God. Not scared of him, cowering in the corner, but a holy reverence, a holy awe of who God is. And she understands that he in his sovereignty, he is in his wisdom, has created her and fashioned her for just this task in life. Something that she can only do. She fears the Lord and serves out of that in the home. Using her strength selflessly and wisely working to bless her family, working to be a blessing to the community because she first fears God. You see, her inner beauty beauty outshines her external beauty. She's learned to walk with God by by, by reading his word, seeking his face through prayer, spending time and encouraging and serving his people in the church and sharing his gospel with the lost. That's the picture of this woman in Proverbs chapter 31. Moms, this morning as you see this, model mother. Does your life look like hers? Does your life resemble her life and how she carried herself in the home and how she cherished her children and cared for her children, how she honored her husband, how he was so enriched because of her ministry in the home, he could stand there and command 
praise from others in the community, not because he was awesome, but because she was undergirding what he did. Ladies, is that how you live and carry yourself in the home? That's a tall order. She presents a model version that really seems unattainable, if you think about it honestly. And I understand that she may seem like the Bible's version of those moms that come across your Instagram feed. That's not what God's purpose is in this. And so as we look at this, as we talk about this, this morning on this Mother's Day, I don't want to discourage you. I want to encourage you today. And so let me give you a word of encouragement. Here it is. The example of the Proverbs 31 woman is meant to be freeing rather than discouraging. It's meant to be freeing to your life rather than discouraging. You see, I realize that some women feel weighed down when they read this chapter, when they read this passage of Scripture. They know how short they fall from the standard. And so I want you to just make sure you understand something about the book of Proverbs. It is just that, proverbial. It is wisdom for life. This woman is described in an idealized way. As you read that, you need to understand that you need to know that, that it's written from this idealized perspective. It's like a love poem or, or sonnet that the author is highlighting her strengths through. His point here is not to dwell on her sins. It's not to talk about her weaknesses. All he's doing is pointing out her good points. He's not dealing with the bad. He's highlighting and exposing the good. In fact, this text is written in an acrostic poem. He starts each line with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which reflects a sense of completion. He's moving to a point. And the point being that it's okay if you feel a bit exhausted when you read of all this woman's accomplishments. We should not see this woman in Proverbs 31 like a Pinterest page or an Instagram feed from some domestic diva that you cannot live up to. This is a poetic Profile. It leaves out the dirty laundry. It leaves out the rebellious kids and the weariness of fighting sin and temptation. And let me just make another note here. When you see those women that you say, man, I wish I could be like that on social media, but you know you can never attain that, they leave out the dirty laundry too. Right? Man, if you come over to my house, you're probably going to show up. Now, some of you have been there when it's not looking so good. But you're going to come over for dinner and you're going to think, Man, these people live pretty good. No dirt on the floor. Their plates are clean. Uh, smells nice in here. They're, they got pillows everywhere, and they're actually in the places they should be. I know. I got to think about pillows. Y'all know that. And you guys do too. Men do. We, yeah, battle of the sexes right there. So you're going to come over to my house. You think this is awesome, right? And yeah, it looks awesome. But as soon as you leave, the Tasmanian devil comes out and destroys everything, right? So when you see all that stuff on social media or anywhere you may see it, they're leaving all that out as well. So it's the same thing here. The book of Proverbs is giving us general wisdom. This is what you want to shoot for. This is what you want to uh, uh, set your sights on, your goal on. But you probably won't always get there. That's fine. You're going to feel like you can't ever make it. That's the point. That's what he's driving at. If you feel like you don't measure up, that's the point of what the passage is leading us to understand. This picture of a godly, feminine woman should beckon you to depend on the Lord because He's your Savior. He's your provider. He's your protector. He is everything for you. This woman didn't do it because she pulled herself up by her own bootstraps and was this super mom. No, this woman did it because she tethered herself to a super God. 
And that's what, ladies, you got to remember. And guys, we got to remember that too. Our wives are, they got clay feet just like you and I. You probably recognize your faults, but we have a tendency to want our, our wives and our moms to be super women all the time. We got to give them some slack. Recently, been doing marriage counseling on a couple different occasions, and, and what I've tried to convey to, to these couples is, hey, everything that you see during the dating, courting, engagement phase is awesome and wonderful, and it will carry through into the marriage, but it's not always going to be the same. You kind of put your best foot forward during the engagement and dating period. When you get together every single moment of every day and every year, you see all things, Right? We don't even have to get into all that, but you guys have been married long enough, you know what I'm talking about. You see it all. It's all hanging out. So this morning, moms, the last thing you need is another Instagram mom to measure yourself against. This model mom in Proverbs has not been given to us for that sort of an example. She presents the characteristics, listen to this, of a nurturing, life-giving mother who's living out her femininity. This mother is selfless and wise. She puts her families and others first. And the only way she can do these things is because she has a healthy fear of the Lord. She knows that God's her strength and her stamina. He undergirds and fills her with his love, his power, and his ability. This model mom is not a super mom, as I said earlier. She's super because she's connected to a super God. So, Mom, I want you to be encouraged on this Mother's Day. I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to feel the deep appreciation that the dads and kids in this room have for you and what you do in the home. You're special, and we love you. If you're discouraged, you don't feel like you measure up to what you think the standard is, hey, you're in good company. None of us do. None of us measure up to the standard because here's the standard. It's the Lord himself. It's not that gal that's on Instagram. It's not that, that, that person that you look up to that may be in the community. No, that's not the standard. The standard is Jesus. You say, he's not a woman. Well, he's God, and he's the standard for everything. He wrote the book on femininity. He's the standard. And ladies, you're never going to measure up to that. But what you want to do is you want to tether yourself. You want to connect yourself to the Lord. You want to fear him, honor him. Proverbs here, this woman here is a model, but there's an even better model. It's the Lord Jesus himself, and it's he that we look to in hope and faith. This morning, moms, I want to encourage you to deepen your walk with Jesus Christ. You know the one thing that will help you more than anything else is spend every single beginning of your day with Jesus. You say, I don't know if I have time for that. i got to get up, get the kids to school. i got to do all this. No, no, no. The best thing you could do for your entire day is get up and spend your first moments with Jesus. Praying, reading his word, reflecting upon him. Even if it's 15 minutes, start there, and your day will be different. I promise you. Start it tomorrow. I mean, prove me wrong in this, right? Take up the challenge. Commit for one week, one month, and just say, I don't know if I believe this, but I'm going to take his word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test him in this. And I promise you, if you will devote yourself to the Lord first, early in the morning, your day will be different. It'll begin to affect how you think. It'll begin to affect how you interact with your children. It'll begin to affect how you interact with your husband. It'll begin to interact or affect how you interact with every person in your life. And everything will come to existence. You see, what you need more than anything else is the margin that allows you to have time with God. And so take that time. You need that connection. This morning you may say, I, I, I don't really have 
connection with the Lord because I don't have a relationship with the Lord. Man, if that's you as a mom today, there's no better thing you could do in your life than give your heart and soul to Jesus Christ. He wants to change your life. He's the person. That, you know those ladies I mentioned earlier? Eve, Sarah, the wife of, of Abraham. You've got uh, Jochebed, who's the, the mother of Moses. You've got Ruth, who's the, 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 the Midianite who came over, who married Boaz, who was uh, a grand, or the, the, uh, the grandfather of King David. You've got all these women in the line of God doing incredible things through the world. And you look at all of the stories of these women, and they were far from perfect, right? Eve is the one who kind of plunged us all into depravity. Let's be honest there. She listened to that serpent. And then uh, Sarah's like, uh, yeah, I don't really believe, God, that you can cause me to get pregnant. I'm 90 years old, right? I mean, she's laughing at it. Um, Jochebed, Moses' mom, is really probably the most faithful out of all of that bunch, even though Ruth has really great qualities about her. And of course, Mary, we don't want to disparage on Mary, but she's not a perfect person. Let's be honest. She's not perfect. Neither are you. All of us are sinners and need a relationship with God who created us for himself. So, Ricky, I'm going to just invite you. And as we move into a time of response this morning on Mother's Day as we honor moms. The best way we could honor mom is to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that's really what helps our homes, right? That's what helps our homes. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm grateful to have a wife that knows Jesus Christ. And because I have a wife that knows Jesus Christ, she's largely responsible for the fact that two out of my three daughters, as of right now, have given their hearts and life to Jesus Christ in the recent years. And we trust in the coming months or years in the head that our youngest will likewise follow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But it's because of, largely because i got a wife that loves children and pours her life into them. This morning, perhaps you're here because Mama invited you. Hey, it's Mother's Day. I want you to come to church with me. And you don't really go to church very often. You might have grown up this church, but you don't really go. This morning, you're sitting here, not by accident, but because God in his sovereignty brought you. You say, no, it's my mom invited me. God in his sovereignty brought you here to hear about a Lord that loves you and wants to change your life. And so this morning, as we respond to this message, here's what we need to do. If, you're never, if you've never given your life to Jesus, what would keep you today from doing that? What would keep you? What would keep you to come? To co- what would keep you from coming to the God who loves you, created you, and has done everything necessary to bring you into a relationship where He changes your life, restores all that brokenness that you know? What would keep you from that? And this morning, if you're a Christian and you're kind of struggling, man, man or woman, what would keep you from taking your rope and tethering it to Him once again? Right? You're walking into guilty distance. Say, let's pull yourself back. Let's come back home to the Lord on this Mother's Day. I don't know where that hits anybody this morning. I want to be encouragement to moms, but I believe the gospel wants to encourage all of us. And so let's just pray. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us and to encourage us and to draw us to himself. Father, thank you for this passage. What a challenging word it is. We got in its challenging It also encourages us. It helps us to see what a model looks like. It helps us to see what you want to see out of our lives. And it shows us how to do just that. Father, I pray for mothers in this room that you would encourage them and equip them and and just bless them today. Lord, whatever they're struggling with, 
Maybe there's moms in here that are just so busy. God, they're just so worn out. They're so exhausted. They don't really feel like they have any time to themselves. And because of the way they have just burning the, the, the light on both ends, they've cut you out of their time. And so, Father, maybe this morning, this is a, just a nudge for them to in the morning, or maybe even this afternoon, carve out some margin in their schedule to prioritize you in their life. God, I believe and I pray that as they do that, you'd fan that flame in their heart. Lord, you'd begin to help them with all the other stuff. It's amazing that when we prioritize you, you begin to prioritize the rest of our days. You begin to bring things into order. Father, I pray for those in this room, whether it's a man, a woman, a child, whatever, that need a relationship with Jesus. God, I pray that right now your Holy Spirit is speaking, drawing, calling them to yourself, helping them see their need for forgiveness for their sin. Father, I pray that as we move into this time of invitation that you would just call us to yourself. Help us this morning. In Jesus' name. We trust that you and your family have been encouraged and blessed today. If you have just made a decision to follow Jesus, or if you would like to pray with someone, or even if you want to know more about our church, please contact our church office or send us an email. We are looking forward to seeing you next week here in person or online. See you then.